Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast number 57. On this episode, I have a really great guest named Regina Nargis. Regina is uh, one of my teammates here at 21st. So, Regina, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Casey. Oh, man, my pleasure. Um, before we get started, Gina, why don't you uh, give a little background on yourself? Yeah, so I've worked for 21st Century Equipment for almost six years now. Um, that was my first job straight out of college. Um, before that, I worked um, with a few banks. Um, in, high, in college, I worked at a couple banks, and I also worked for the Nebraska Corn Board for a year. So I have a lot of different background experiences in different agricultural fields. Um, I work with Casey doing remarketing, basically anything on the used equipment side. I also coordinate some of our trucking, which could almost be my full-time job. And um, when I'm not at work, I farm and ranch with my husband, and we have two little kids that we tag along and help them uh, live the great agricultural life. What college you graduate from? UNL. Never heard of it. Where's that at? <laughs> That's in Lincoln, Nebraska. Go Huskers. <laughs> right. So give a little background on, on, on your, you and your husband's uh, operation that you do. Yep. So we farm and ranch here in Western Nebraska and we have 250 uh, mother cows that we calve out. Actually we're calving currently. Um, and then we do that with my brother-in-law and sister-in-law. And then we also have a family farm that my brother-in-law and my father-in-law are also involved in. We grow corn, wheat, millet, um, a little bit of sorghum sedan, hay, and that's about it. We're mostly dry land farmers out here. We have two pivots of corn. Um, and our family has, uh, my husband's family has farmed on the same ground for over a hundred years. Um, so that's kind of a, we've been here for a long time and, um, glad to be carrying on the traditions of the family. Well, that's, I didn't realize that. That's, that's pretty neat. Um, so Gina completely understated what she does here at 21st century. She's, <clears throat> she's, she's quite a bit more than just, you know, a trucking coordinator and, and kind of dabbles in used equipment. She's what Gina does is there are very few women that are in, um, used equipment that are, I would say used equipment managers. And she's as much of a used equipment manager as I am. Um, and so she takes care of all the stuff that I can't get to. Um, and, and if I'm on vacation or something like that, she fills in for me. She does all that good stuff. So um, Gina is as probably as in tune to what's going on in the marketplace as anybody else is. So Gina, let's jump into some, into some market stuff. So here we are in the you know middle part of February, planting season, getting ready to start. Um, Let's talk about planners. So what do you see happening in the planner market right now? You know, there's a lot of guys that are looking to increase their efficiency of their operation. So I've seen, I mean, if you just hop on to a couple of the auction sites, um, there's a lot of guys who are getting rid of their um, hydraulic drive units on their planners and switching to electric drive. There's also some guys that, you know, I know there's a lot of guys that are looking to just, first take their first few steps into variable rate planning. Um, but I think there's a lot of that going on right now, you know, with um, the commodity prices have come up a little bit here in the last couple of weeks, but, you know, nothing real significant. And 
Um, so farmers are just continuing to look to how they can be the most efficient and um, keep their break-even costs down. So you're on Twitter all the time. I'm, I'm, I'm the king of liking and re- retweeting. Don't really add much to the <laughs> conversation there, but, but so what, what's your Twitter handle? Um, R R J N O U S E K. That's my maiden name. It's Yanoshek. Yanoshek. That's your maiden name. Yanoshek. Yanoshek. Yep. All right. Um, you're on Twitter all the time. I see you out there. What are you hearing from guys on Twitter when you start talking about like precision planning and those kind of um, upgrade features on older planters? So, yeah, I think that's super hot right now because a lot of those, a lot of guys, you know, they're watching their dollars and they're watching their pennies. And so they're, they're definitely weighing the cost of what it's going to take them to purchase a new planner or a new to them planner versus what they can do to upgrade their planner with precision parts. Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of people looking into precision right now and upgrading their row units um, and weighing that cost versus a new planner, you know, and it's, it's depending upon what kind of planner they're looking at, you know, it, it, it makes a lot of sense to utilize what they have and, and just upgrade the row units to be efficient. Um, you know, there's no two planners alike. Everybody has their own setup um, with fertilizer and how they want to do things. So that's why I think upgrading to precision um, parts is um, definitely becoming a, a bigger deal than what it used to be. Yeah, so I, I think to me that's that's the next big wave uh, of used equipment is what guys are going to do to older equipment to make it a new a new machine again, uh, you yeah. know, to do the same technology. So when you look at what precision planning can do or retro kits or whatever it is that, that guys are doing, there's there's a lot of a lot of people that are looking at that. I mean, they're taking their twenty thousand dollar planner and they can you know you can take it twenty thousand dollar planner turn it into an eighty thousand dollar planner and it's going to do pretty much the same exact thing that a you know a brand new exact emerge planner will do i mean there's some differences no doubt about it but for the most part you're going to get you're going to get some pretty good uh return on your money yeah i totally agree um it's like i said if you've just watched some of the few options here um in the past couple weeks there's a lot of different row units and planner parts that have come up on the auction market here that you can tell that guys are definitely upgrading their units to precision parts or or whatever so so let's jump into the auction market then so we watch auctions here a lot and we're we watch every wednesday we'll watch auctions every other time that one pops up online that we can watch or we go to them um we watch a lot of auctions here so tell me what you see happening in the auction market and what's your what's your feel for what's going on out there yeah, the auction market has been really strong here, um, and it's quite honestly, it shocked me how strong it's been and how the last few sales have been um, have gone really well. Um, a lot of it is retirement auctions. There's a lot of guys that are, you know, they're retiring and they're gonna um, move on to the next phase of their life. So I think those auctions are super strong. Um, you know, their neighbors take pride in buying that equipment that they know who owned it and who ran it all that time. So um, I've really been impressed with the auction market and um, you know, it's, it's not just one P it's not just tractors or combines. I mean, it, it seems like across the board um, every piece on that auction, if it's a nice piece, it's, it's bringing the money. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we watched watched that Soul and Auction. Was it yesterday? Or the day before? Yesterday. Thursday. Yeah, Thursday, yeah. yesterday. It it was a uh some of that stuff sold for as much as it had as guys had set on their lot. And I can't get mm-hmm. my head wrapped around why those retirement sales are bringing as much money as they do. It's like they have it's like it's like there's four different pricing structures now. You have a retirement sale, you have dealership retail sale, you have uh, like a wholesale number, and then you have a consignment number. And there, it's just I can't I don't understand why the retirement sales are so high compared to what's around them. Yeah, I, you know, like I said, I, I'm shocked at you know the some of the stuff that's been selling. Um, because like you said, dealers have the same exact equipment on the on the lot um, for most of the time listed for a lower price. Um, so it's it's definitely something to kind of keep your head on a swivel and be watching it because there's a lot of a lot of equipment moving here at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I mean, just it's uh it's slowed down here in a little bit of late, but I also think you know it's the time of year. This part of the year is usually slower than the rest of the time of year anyway. But mm-hmm. uh, and guys were getting there getting renewals done and those kind of things. But there is a, uh, there's, there's a lot of pent up demand. You can tell by just, you know, the number of valuations that we're looking at and, and the conversations that we're having with customers. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about, let's talk about the combine market. So that's not that far away from being something that we're going to have to start really paying attention to because of what, uh, what's out there uh, coming up in, in the season that we're in. So planting season is about to start and, Combines are always on people's mind, whether it's because of winter service programs and, and the amount of money they're going to, have to spend to recondition their combine, or um, the overall age of their combine, or the latest and greatest technology. So, what do you see with combines, and where do you see that market headed? You know, there's definitely been a stronger demand for those low hour, 500 hour, and below combines. Um, and there just isn't as many, there's just not as many machines out there. You know, there's a lot of guys that are keeping their machines two or three years compared to what they had done in the past. Um, so that demand for that 500 hour below combine machine, I think is going to be, it's, it's pretty high right now. Um, a lot of the guys that I've talked to or a lot of the sales guys, they're looking for that kind of stuff. You know, um, the market is flooded with eight. 9,000 hour machines. Um, so those are all kind of, you know, they're moving, but just not as quite as quickly as some of that low hour stuff. You know, it seems like just here in the last week, um, there's been quite a few of that low, those low hour machines moving. And there was, if one guy sold it, there was three other guys working on it, trying to get it sold as well. So, um, you know, like I said, I think the thousand hour machines, they're, they're going to be kind of Hold and steady there, but those low-hour machines are harder to come by and and an increased demand. Yeah. So let's talk about more. Let's drill down here and talk about the one group of combines that I feel are going to be there to uh, really hold the market either one way or the other, and that's that that twelve thirteen model combine, right? Um, mm-hmm. Looking at that marketplace and the things that are out there and and the conditions that we're in. Where do you see that 1,500-hour, 2,000-hour um, combine, and, and how do you see it reacting to the marketplace right now? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, Hard-hitting questions are... here. <laughs> um, there are a – I don't know. There's just 
there are some of those guys that are looking to move into that type of machine, but there just seems to be kind of a gap, um, especially in our area here. You know, there's a lot of um, 50 series combines that still run, um, and it just seems to, you know, and those guys are, are probably a little more non-apt to upgrading in a downturn um, compared to some of those guys who are bigger, who are used to, you know, upgrading machines, upgrading technology. So it's just a smaller, a smaller market for those machines. Um, and it's just going to get tougher. I mean, it's, it's kind of a tough sale to get those 50, 60 series combine guys to bump up to that next level um, to upgrade. And, you know, most of those guys, a lot of their machines might be paid off and it might be hard for them to really take that jump into the next level. Yep. There's a, uh, the 70 series market is one of those ones. Uh Oh, we have a special guest calling in surprise guest. Let's see who this is. Hello, surprise guest. Oh, what's up? What's going on, man? Nothing. Another day. Yep. Hey, Aaron. What's up? Can't believe that worked. Nice to have you here today. Yeah. I love technology yeah. when it works. It's great. There you, there you go. I was just doing a little twelling. Yeah, you seem to be doing a lot of that lately. Yep. Yep. Right. That's where we're at in the world, man. So Gene and I talked about the auction market and combines and uh, planners, where we see that stuff headed. So what's on Aaron Findle's mind? Well, watched an auction yesterday and was just about flabbergasted, big word, on the value of some high-hour combines. Um, Wasn't that crazy how high they were? They were... Well, yeah, but, you know, the more I think about it, they went local. Oh, yeah. And they were bragged up and bragged up and bragged up how nice they were and perfect they were and all that, you know. And the, pro and the problem you have is, okay, if you're not, like, that dealer, you can brag it up, brag it up, whatever, but once you move them out of that area, they lose a lot of that mystique. You know, as far as far as from, from a wholesale mindset of buying them and reselling them, yeah, they're great. Yeah, they're nice. Yeah, they're sixteen. But you know, thousand separator hours plus—that's it is what it is. Yeah. So the well, fact that they, you know, typical scenario, retirement deal—they went local, blah blah blah. It is what it is. Right, and Jeannie, I want your opinion on this, but I watched those those 640 FDs and 635 FDs sell. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, that's 10 grand away from, from a retail price, maybe a little more than that, but there's uh, neighboring dealers around there that have the exact same machine, exact same machine for 15 grand less, 10 grand less than what they sold those for. Right. right. <clears throat> well, and what I'm surprised with, in, in the national market, a 35 is worth every single penny of a 40, if not a tick more, quite honestly. You probably need to reverse that. And, huh? You probably need to reverse that. 
Why? A forty's worth everything that a thirty-five's worth. Okay, how about this? I think they're worth the same. <laughs> There's way more guys that'll buy a thirty-five <laughs> than a forty. Right. Right. Custom guys are going to buy that forty. They're wanting to buy that forty. Huh? The custom guys are the ones out wanting to buy those those bigger heads to cover more ground. Well, that or. You know, it all it, uh, the problem with a thirty-five versus forty is just ground contour. Mm-hmm. Forty right. foot hugging the ground, that thing is going to have to flex a lot. Well, that's why they call them a flex draper. Well, I realize that, but there's not enough flex to 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 throw to throw it out there. Right. You need a combination of the McDonald hinges. Because it's not a flex draper, it's a hinge draper. An HD. Here's flex draper. Uh-huh. And then you would have, you'd be able to do whatever you want. Pretty soon they're going to build folding flex drapers. Just wait. <laughs> yeah, it's not that far away. It's already in the works. Already in the works. So, Jeannie, your parents farm back in eastern Nebraska. So, would your dad go to an auction and pay 15 grand more for a machine at an estate sale than he would uh, at a. Oh, no. <laughs> at a, at a dealership? Absolutely not. <laughs> He doesn't have to sneak out of there because he's waiting to get arrested. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, there is a lot of that pride in taking over that na- the neighbor's equipment, um, you know, or knowing, knowing exactly, you know, you've seen that piece running in the field right next to you. So I think there is a lot of pride in that and pride in helping your neighbor out, you know, feeling, I think there's also a feel good um emotion there too by saying you know yeah this guy's getting out of farming and you know yeah i'm i'm gonna give him a nice retirement because i bought something on a sale you know um but it can definitely get crazy in a hurry um which is the case with those 40 foot flex drapers (laughs) um because like you said there's the exact same unit sitting on a dealer's lot for less money um but i think there is that competition between the neighbors as to you know who's gonna get to take you know their neighbor's equipment home. So Aaron, you again, your your dad your dad farms back back home back in Deschler, big city, and uh, if I, I know you, I, I've met your dad a few times, but I'm I'm guessing that that Dave wouldn't probably go and spend that much more money on a piece of equipment at an auction than he would from a dealer. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. But he's a, he's a little different personality. If it's not like one-eighth of what it is at a dealer, he's not going to buy it at an auction. He's, he, that, that's not much of a, of a, boy, that's a deal. We better buy it type personality. I know guys that way, but he's not that way. And for sure not going to pay more at, at, uh, at an auction that a dealer. Right. Right. He's, he's, new. he's, so he's pretty old school, you know, as far as that goes. Right. And the and he, he he is what they what they call, you know, like on T V and movies and stuff, an old soul. <laughs> 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 but you know, and that's I was just thinking, this just popped in my head as we're sitting here talking about this. You're seeing more and more of that. Yeah, it's retirement. Yeah, it's really nice. But stuff bringing as much. You know, we just talked about this 
on your podcast or whatever, bringing more at an auction than a dealer is asking for it. And I think it's because I, I honestly think it's, it's a different, you got a lot of what Gina says there, you know, the, the, uh, helping the neighbor out and, you know, I know damn good and well, this thing was kept up top notch. It's perfect. Blah, blah, blah. But you have, you know, auctions used to be the, and this is where the generational thing comes in. Auctions used to be, oh, it's, you know, it's cheap. We bought it at an auction. It is what it is. Versus they're like, I want that header. I want it today. And I think there's different generations that have a different outlook on it. And that's why it's happening like it is. Yeah. I do not have a sociology degree to stamp that as fact, but that would be my guess. Okay, so... Let's okay. So think about this for a minute, then. I would I would write these things off as anomalies, but they're not. So this is we've been watching this stuff all the way since October. Do this, all right? All right. Uh, is it a okay? So both of you are pretty active on Twitter. Talked about that once already, and yep, on various other social media outlets as well. Is it a generational thing that these guys, these buyers? Or is looking at this stuff and say, you know what, this is good stuff. It's quality stuff. I can go buy it here on the internet, or I can show up here and do it. I don't have to mess with the whole experience of of going to a dealership, whatever that whatever that is to them. Um, I know my dad or has always did that, or my grandpa always did that, but I'm gonna do it this way. Is that is that what's driving this, or is it just because not all that stuff stays local? Some of that stuff goes on the internet too. So, right. You know, like the last, the guy that I won the bid. Go ahead. Go ahead. I think there's definitely some of that going on. You know, I mean, you compare it to Amazon, so to speak. You know, there's a lot of, of generational change that is in, you know, I want it and I want it now at a click of a button, write the check and be done type of deal. Um, you know, and a lot of, you know, farmers are getting busier and busier. You know, it used to be that. You know, they only went to town on Sunday or something like that. But it seems like now they are so involved in their industry. They're going to, you know, their National Cattlemen's Convention and they're going to their Farm Bureau meetings. You know, it just seems like they have a lot going on um, and that sometimes like equipment purchases. Yeah, they don't want to take the time to do it. They they want to do the research. They want to spend their 10 minutes doing the research and they don't want to spend the hour in the salesman's office, you know, going back and forth about what they're going to buy it for. So I think, I think that is a big part of it that there's a lot of, a lot of buyers that have switched to, you know, utilizing the online marketplace. What's your thoughts, Aaron? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Um, you know, Gina's right as far as guys travel. One more time. And and there's, I said, huh? One more time. What? What'd you say to start that sentence with? Is right. There you go. Okay, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't hear you. So. Let me rephrase that. I agree with Gina. Um, <laughs> there, as far as guys are not just social media, but electronically social, but just in general more social. I see all kinds of the uh, what, what I would call the 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 main the names of the of the egg Twitter, um, and a lot of those guys will. You know, go visit each other. If they're in the area, they'll 
Ontario, Canada ever hung out with a guy from Texas, you know, before that. Um, and, and that, so, so I agree with the, with, you know, guys traveling and there was a big, uh, well, I don't even know what the hell it's called, Farmer Business Network or something like that, yep. that a lot of guys were at in uh, Omaha a month or two ago or something, you know, and just watching them all talk about meeting each other and all this kind of stuff and, and how much everything has changed. And a lot of that is because of, well, let me back that up. I, I think given that that is happening, it makes the, you know, want it, want it now so much easier across the world. And, and a, a simple transaction, you know, that I've sold a lot of stuff on Twitter and guys are always like, well, how does this, you know, you'll have one guy, that's, how does this work? And I'm like, you know, I'll email you PO, sign it, smart sold, wire the money, or we finance it, or whatever. I haul it to you. He goes, that's it. I'm like, yeah. He goes, well, that's it. He goes, that's simple. <laughs> right. You know. <laughs> and then, and and you have very little of, of. You know, my, my biggest fear and the biggest hurdle to overcome on on, what I would call social selling or whatever social media selling is is you know, a guy worried about, well, it gets here and, you know, it's a piece of junk and I'm stuck with it and that guy left me hanging. And, you know, that's your biggest hurdle to overcome, you know, and it takes a five-minute discussion and that's pretty much eroded. And, yeah. you know, it, it's it, it's simple, it's seamless and hammer down, you know. Yeah. You don't have to, you know, for, for my benefit of what I'm doing, you know, like Tina's saying, you know, guys used to, it was always a special, special trip into town, you know, well, I'll be in town in a couple of days, I'll swing by and talk to you then about it, blah, 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 whereas it's like, you know, text message back and forth, or, you know, Twitter messages back and forth, and a phone call, and done, you know, so it's, it's a whole different world out there, man, and I think just all that together is what, what makes that retail auction thing happen yeah uh, yeah i'd agree with that there's probably uh of course you would no don't say that very often folks so if you guys are listening to this just keep a tally card how many times i say i agree with that <laughs> you'd be well, let's put it this way you'd be a fool not to agree with that <laughs> they have a. Uh, there's a lot of stuff being spot and sold on not just the internet but i mean talking social media in general i mean there's Every time I get on Twitter, there's, you know, the stuff you put up there and there's the stuff, you know, Gina puts out there, that stuff out there that we're selling. There's the stuff out there that other dealerships are selling. And it's just, it, there's a lot of activity on the internet. And um, from a social media perspective, I can't think of a, of a more active place when it comes to agriculture than, than Twitter. Oh, absolutely. Hands down. I mean, they got a whole, I don't know. Hands down. I mean, ag Twitter is a is an actual thing. So, I mean, it, I don't hear ag Facebook or ag Instagram, but there's a ag Twitter for sure. And there's a lot of people that have become quite famous by what they, by what they post out there. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yep. Yep. So. That's like its own little small community within the Twitter network. It's mm -hmm. kind of a cool little thing. Yep. Yep, and it's, right. 
it's very uh you don't you don't see anybody else in it but that i mean there's no there's, there's no one else even the commercials that are there there's not you know you think someone might venture out and post something in there that's ag, uh, an, an ad that it's really not overly ag related but there's really not even that doesn't even pop up pop up there very often so it's a cool place to go man i enjoy getting on there and and, and dinking around and then okay so earlier gene and i were talking about <laughs> auctions and planners and we got pretty hot and heavy into the uh precision part of it so i know fennel you're out there all the time and you see different stuff happening with uh what do you see happen with that marketplace i've seen a couple different things actually um obviously for you know in and it's it's funny it's not a funny that it exists but it's that that's a fact exists but with commodity prices the way they are um ag economy in general it's it's that it that is the biggest prop up for precision that there is because any little thing you can do to save any little penny in inputs but while at the same time getting your money back to pay for whatever you just bought you know that world is enormous right now and as guys are talking about you know hashtag plant 18 firing up here and i've noticed you know i follow some guys in south texas and they're planting you know a guy had a picture last week his buddy that's even further south than him had you know like he's got corn up you can row it yeah (laughs) you know i saw that one too he said damn texas is big i think this was the as you know and and it's every guy is talking about you know all the especially the precision planting stuff you know the speed tube and v-drive and this and that hell there was a guy in there the other day and i've noticed a lot of this in the not just the wholesale market but you know wholesale slash farmer market so many guys that are looking for a deal on even an older 1720 and they don't care if it is absolutely shelled out as long as the row units, you know, like aren't cracked and broken, the, the actual shank of the row unit, because they are stripping that baby down to nothing and rebuilding it all precision. You know, I've what got you, a, on, it's on Twitter right now. I got a really cheap 1720 12 row planner on there and I've had a lot of interest in it. And there's not one guy that wants to keep it the way it is. You know, they're, they're yeah. looking for what, what I call precision donors. That that is a pretty big market right now in the planner world. A precision donor. Well, I said on a previous podcast that I think the, the older planner market is going to become a, a hotter marketplace. Not necessarily price wise. I don't think the price is going to change, right. but it's going to be guys that want them. You know what I mean? And they're going right. to want them at a certain yeah. price point because it's just what you're talking about. They're going to take a twenty five thousand dollar planner or a twenty thousand dollar planner and put you know fifty or sixty thousand dollars worth of precision stuff on it, and next thing you know, you're Eighty thousand dollar planners doing the exact same thing that the one hundred and twenty five or one hundred fifty thousand dollar planners doing. Right. <clears throat> exactly. Maybe or, maybe not exactly the same. Plus planner. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there might be some things that are going to be some nuances that are different about it, but the majority of it's going to be the same thing. Well, Gina, do you have any last thoughts you'd like to pass out to the world? Nope. Just. Stay warm and stay out of the wind because it's windy here in western Nebraska. It is. It is. Always. 
And, and fortunately, it's never like that. This is a day if it wasn't windy. It's, it's an oddity that it's windy out here. It's never, never that way. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, right. you know, it is odd. It's a south wind. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, we haven't had a south wind That's since right. uh, since August. I don't think. All right. Yeah. Well, Fennel, you got anything you want to throw out there last before we shut her down? I really don't. I really don't. You know, I would just say that if any. You know, I, I got to give myself my plug all the time. That I, it'd be remiss if I didn't do that. So, <laughs> if anybody's looking for a deal, call me. Let's make let's make some shit happen. Fly around and making shit happen. See now, I can add you to the list. <laughs> there you media, go. Machine repeat. We all we all said cuss words on here now, so now we're, we're right in there. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? I said me and you and machine repeat have all cussed on here now, so that's we're 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 moving right along. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Well, and the least shocking of all would be me. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah, pure as the driven snow, fennel. That's your, that's your nickname around here. <laughs> but, like you said on that one podcast, everybody's favorite bowl in the china shop. <laughs> that's it. All right, guys. So it. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in a little teaser here. So in a couple weeks, we're gonna have a have a new uh new surprise so everybody stay tuned all right so well that's going to do it for this edition of the moving iron podcast I'd like to thank uh aaron and gina for being on this episode remember if you want to continue any of these conversations you can hit me up on facebook twitter or instagram at moving iron llc or you can find me on linkedin you can also send me an email at moving iron podcast at moving iron podcast.com moving iron llc has a website you can visit here you can find information on the 2018 moving iron summit in Las Vegas, past and current episodes of Moving Iron Podcasts, articles from Moving Iron Blog. Throughout the year, there will be guest bloggers writing on various topics from their point of view. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can leave a review and subscribe to your favorite podcasting platform. Or you can shop Amazon through the Amazon click-through at movingironllc.com. It won't cost you anything, and you'll still have the same experience you're accustomed to while supporting the podcast. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, and SoundCloud. So until next time, this is Casey Seymour, Gene and Argus, and Aaron Fennell. Let's go move some iron. Out.